Hi, guys, it's Dr. Sadaf, and I would love for you to like and share this podcast and make sure you leave me a review. I'd love those five stars. So please, when you send me a review, please make sure to put the five stars in and to share the episode with somebody that you know that could really use it. And I would absolutely appreciate it. Also, if you're looking to schedule an appointment with me, make sure you go to my email and put your name on the email list. You will be the first to know when I open up my office in spring of 2024. It's drsadaf.com. And last but definitely not the least, September 16th to the 23rd, 2024, I will be hosting a retreat with Dr. Basma Ferris in Morocco. You will be getting yoga and coaching and we'll be doing excursions and cooking and spa and hammam and all of that great stuff along with meditation. So make sure you don't miss out. Spots are limited. So go to the link in my bio in both Instagram and TikTok to make sure you register. Enjoy the show. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Salaf Lodi, and this episode is everything you need to know about pain with intercourse. And uh, it's a term that we call dyspareunia. And so we'll get into that a little bit. But before I get into it, I want to make sure of a few things. And if you've been listening for a while, you know what I'm about to say, but definitely not giving any type of medical advice. So if you're having painful intercourse, make sure you go out by your doctor. And if you have any questions about your religion, make sure you go and speak with your friendly neighborhood religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So today I'm going to talk about something called vulvodynia and vestibulitis. And I'll explain what both of those things are. There is something that I wanted to make mention. And uh, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know, there was a podcast episode that I did on orgasms. And I did want to make mention that there are medications that can sometimes affect a person's ability to either achieve an orgasm or they have a lot of difficulty trying to achieve it. So either they're not able to have one or they have a difficult time trying to achieve one. And those medications can sometimes uh, be antidepressants or they can be anti-anxiety meds. So all the more reason if you have or are experiencing some type of sexual dysfunction to go and talk to your doctor and then always, always, always let them know of any medical conditions that you may be having and or the medications that you are on that may be affecting that medical condition. So just want to make sure that you did have that uh, important piece of information. So now let's go to the topic of the day, which is vestibulitis and vulvodynia. So really what this is, vulvodynia means painful vulva. So we talk about that when we are talking about like a generalized pain in the vulva that a patient may have that lasts for about three months or so. And, you know, a lot of times practitioners cannot find the cause of that. Now, you know, that can happen 
if you go to like a general practitioner, and I will tell you that a lot of OBGYNs, because you know, we're not trained in sex med and, you know, we'll go ahead, we'll examine you and all of that stuff. And if you have a yeast infection, I'll tell you there's a yeast and this and that. But, you know, really, if you have a chronic pain that's been going on for three months, your gynecologist or your general practitioner may not be able to help you because they may not know what to look for and how to examine you properly. And so this podcast is going to be about how to kind of advocate for yourself and understanding what can be causing the vulvodynia. And, um, and then once you have that information, you know, perhaps you also share it with your healthcare providers so that if you're experiencing something like this, you know, they have information and you can share this episode with them and that they have information that they can also look into. And there are definitely books. I think that this book really helps. This is, and you know, I don't get any kickbacks, but um, this book is a fantastic book. It's called When Sex Hurts. And I actually had one of the authors on, on one of my podcasts, Dr. Erwin Goldstein. This is also written by Dr. Andrew Goldstein and um, a psychologist, Carolyn Puckle. So anyways, this book I think is a great reference for anyone that may be uh, suffering from uh, painful vulva and we'll get into vestibulitis, which is also inflammation of the vestibule. And I'll talk and tell you a little bit about that as well. So this vulvodynia can go on for three months and it can be painful. It can be the result of an injury to a nerve like the pudendal nerve in your pelvis, or it can be the result of chronic yeast infections. It can even happen during childbirth or any trauma to the pelvis. So something that um, caused your muscles to, and it can be a result of perhaps spasms of the muscles, and then I'm going to get into it. But really any of those things can cause this condition called vulvodynia. And uh, there are also, we know that there's also hormonal factors. And I think really the hormonal factors tend to come in when um, there's a loss of hormones. Like for example, uh, when we have a decrease in estrogen or testosterone or progesterone where, um, you know, happens in menopause, it can also happen after childbirth with breastfeeding with some birth control. And I'll get into that as well. So really important to know that um, some of these things can cause pain. And so um, important for you to know so that you can pass along that information. There can also be some people, and I'll talk about this a little bit when I get to vestibulitis, uh, there can be people that were kind of born with increased nerves in what we call the vestibule, and I'll explain what that is. And so that when there's any type of touch to that area, then it causes a severe, sharp stabbing pain. So that can also happen. Um, like I talked about before, there can be injury to your pudendal nerve, there can be weakened muscles. So, you know, really, um, sometimes when you have weak pelvic floor muscles, right, that can result in other conditions such as constipation, you can have urgency, you can have frequency in your bladder, like having to go to the bathroom all the time, you can have back pain. So you just remember that the whole body is connected. So we're all, you know, all of our muscles, everything is connected. I know that sounds pretty obvious, but sometimes we forget that because when we go to the doctor, we say, you know, this part of me is hurting, 
they forget the whole rest of the body and they just look at that part, right? But you have to remember that everything, all the muscles, we are all connected, we're one unit. And so if one part of the body is hurting, sometimes you can get referred pain to other parts of the body. And so that's why it's important to know that. And I'll talk a little bit more about weak uh, pelvic floor muscles and how that can show up in, um, in pain that you may be experiencing. Also, you can have irritation from harsh products that touch your skin. Um, perhaps, you know, patients, some patients still douche, which I don't recommend at all because it changes the pH of the vagina. And also, uh, there's really no reason to douche, you know, to be honest. I mean... Some women think that, you know, perhaps they have an odor or something like that, and that's why they're douching, but you don't need to. It's not necessary. A lot of those products are very harsh on the vulva and uh, the vagina, and so you don't need to use any of those type of products. Um, sometimes people can have allergic reactions to products that they've been using, and that can be what's causing the vulvodynia, that can be what's causing pain in the vulva. Uh, also, you know, it's a rare thing, but some women can actually be allergic to the semen of their partner, which is super rare, but also that can be a cause. Uh, and what are the type of symptoms that a woman may experience that uh, is having this vulvodynia? Well, sometimes you can get burning, you can get stinging, you can get throbbing, rawness, you can get itching, you can get any of those symptoms. And especially remember, if it's been going on for a long time, like for example, three months, then it's probably your vulva is probably going to be super irritated and red and tender to the touch. As a, a physician, what I typically do if somebody comes in with something like this is I will examine them, of course, right? So we'll do like a pelvic exam, we'll do a speculum exam, we'll take a look at the vagina, the cervix, all of that. There's also something called the cotton swab test. So it's a little, it looks like a Q-tip, right? It's a Q-tip test. And what your provider will do is they'll touch the vulva. So imagine that this is the vulva. My hand here is the vulva. And what they'll do is they'll touch different parts of the vulva to see if it elicits pain um, just with that pressure, right? So they're not doing anything. And sometimes some practitioners will use a dry cotton swab. Some will use a wet cotton swab um, or Q-tip rather, and, you know, touch those areas uh, in your vulva. And sometimes what they'll do is they'll touch like the bottom part just to get some feel of where it is. And other times they'll go all the way around in a clockwise fashion to see where the pain is that you're having. Also, we'll always test for infections. So, you know, chronic yeast infections can definitely be a cause of uh, vulvodynia, but also sometimes people can have infections like, for example, like trichomonas or something like that. And that can also cause um, vulvodynia from the discharge that irritates the vulva. So that's why it's important to then be tested for different types of infections that could be causing the problem. Uh, so in terms of treatment, uh, I'll get into those in a little bit. What I do want to go over first before we talk about treatments is there's also something called vestibulitis. Okay, so we talked about the vulva and imagine that this is the vulva. So, you know, it's like a generalized pain throughout the vulva. There's also something called the vestibulitis. So the vestibule of your vulva is uh, imagine now the labia. So, right. So we have the labia majora, which are on the outside, the labia minora, which is the, the inner, uh, portion. 
and in our lips and that area from the labia minora to the entrance of the vagina okay that area is called the vestibule now the vestibule sometimes can get um irritated on its own. So some people may not have like a generalized vulvodynia where the whole vulva is irritated and hurts and can result in pain within a course, but they may just have this thing where it's called the vestibule, right? So the vestibule, and when that becomes irritated, it's called vestibulitis. And this can happen. So I recently did a reel uh, on my uh, Instagram and TikTok. And if you're not following, uh, please do. It's Dr. Sadaf OBGYN. And on there, I talk about, and it was actually in relation to the New York Times article that came out that talked about how birth control pills can sometimes lower your libido and cause pain with intercourse. And the reason why that happens is that when patients take birth control pills or uh, you know any type of uh, hormonal contraception, but this article was specifically about birth control pills, what happens is that you have an increase in something called sex hormone binding globulin that is released from the liver. And when that happens, it binds the free testosterone. So the testosterone that's kind of you know going around in our bodies, it binds that so it holds on to that and it decreases the amount of free testosterone that's floating around, right? So anytime you have low levels of free testosterone floating around in your body, you're gonna have this decrease in libido. And so that's how birth control pills cause a decrease in libido and they can also cause this vestibulitis, which is basically when we're taking these birth control pills, our body sees that we already have the estrogen and progesterone, right? So then what it does is it shuts down its own production of it and it shuts down the receptors um, that are present in our vulva and specifically the vestibule. And when it does, when it downregulates that, um, our body is the so that area the vestibule then becomes thinner it becomes it can become white it can become irritated and so then people when when women try to have intercourse that area that used to be you know pink and normal color could actually become red it could become irritated because it no longer has that estrogen and, and testosterone that were helping to maintain this healthy tissue now that tissue is lacking in those hormones and so then the when women try to have intercourse it, they have pain with penetration because of that tissue becoming raw and inflamed so that's kind of how um these hormone pills right the birth control pills and you know really everyone takes birth control pills at one point or another in their lifetime. And some, you know, maybe some women don't, but I would say generally, um, predominantly most women take, do take birth control pills. And that's probably one of the most common reasons why I see women in the office, right? Is they're coming in for contraception, they don't want to get pregnant. So they're taking these hormonal medications without realizing that sometimes it can affect their libido and it can end up causing pain with intercourse. Now, once you come off of these hormonal pills, the 
offending agent once it's taken off, right? So once you stop these pills, because it is reversible. So once you stop taking the pills, then uh, you can become pain-free. If you are having pain due to the pills, you can become pain-free in about four to six months. And what you may also get is a cream from your uh, provider that provides back the estrogen and the testosterone needed for that tissue to become healthy again. And, you know, of course, once you stop the pills, then your body starts to make those uh, hormones itself. And so, and those receptors are no longer, you know, suppressed. And so then you'll be able to absorb the cream, which is the estrogen, the testosterone that you're placing and hopefully no longer have pain. So that's, that's one of the causes of this vestibulitis, which remember was the tissue that is, you know, right outside of that vagina. And sometimes people can have pain with intercourse when that tissue is inflamed. And oftentimes they don't know that that's the cause. So that's why it's important. That's why this podcast is important. And that's why it's important for you to be informed, to know that, hey, listen, if I'm on birth control, you know, it's important that I be on birth control, but just know that there's, these things can happen. And it's not just birth control that can cause it. Any, anything that causes a decrease in our, you know, regular t- hormones can cause this. For example, there are medications for endometriosis, um, that can also cause similar like vestibulitis. There's also medications for breast cancer or for infertility that can cause this. Uh, and remember, menopause itself can cause this as well. So really important to know the root cause of what's causing the pain that you're having with intercourse so that you can go and advocate for yourself and let your doctor know uh, what's causing this pain. There are other reasons for sometimes people having vestibulitis and or vulvodynia. And one of them is having really tense or tight pelvic floor muscles. And what happens is that these tight pelvic floor muscles have a buildup of lactic acid. And what happens because of that buildup of lactic acid is that women can experience this burning, rawness, stabbing pain in their vulva region. And you can also have irritation of the vestibule, like I talked about. So remember that you know you can have irritation of the vestibule, which can cause pain with the intercourse. And Sometimes women, when their pelvic muscles are so tight, I mentioned this a little bit in the beginning, is that you can also have problems with your bowel, your uh, bladder, your back issues, because everything is connected. So if you're having these really tight pelvic floor muscles, they can also be impacting other parts of your life as well. It's really important to learn how to work with your muscles, learn how to stretch them, learn how to relax them so that it takes care of the other problems associated with tight pelvic floor muscles. And remember that if you are having pain, if this is causing vestibulitis, right? And we talked about in one of my previous podcasts about vaginismus and how tight pelvic floor muscles can cause vaginismus. Well, if you are experiencing pain with intercourse at the insertion, which could be due to this vestibulitis, then it can also kind of be uh, one of those things where if you're anticipating pain, right, then you're going to have, you're going to tighten up your muscles, And if you tighten up your muscles, you can be having this pain. So it's kind of like this 
circle that just keeps going around and around. So you have to really figure out what it is that's causing your pain and what you need to do, one, to advocate for yourself, and two, if you're having tight pelvic floor muscles, to go and see a pelvic floor therapist. And this is why pelvic floor therapists are so great because they can help you to relax those tight muscles show you some stretching exercises and show you what you can do. And then they can also, you know, if you're experiencing vaginismus, then they can also help you with uh, using dilators and the such. So really important to get to the bottom of what is causing the pain with sex. Also, um, we know, and I mentioned a little bit, was the infections, right? So if you have chronic infections, if you're having chronic yeast, or if you're having trichomonas, any of those things can really irritate the vulva and cause this pain within a course. Uh, you can also have something that what they called as hormonal, which was the due to the birth control pills and also due to any type of hormonal contraception, right? So any of those things can lead to this vestibulitis. So important to uh, get it diagnosed and treated. So some of the treatments, let's talk a little bit about the treatments. So now that you know uh, a few of the causes of what can be eliciting your either your vulvodynia or your vestibulitis. Now let's talk about the medications. So I already mentioned some of them, which were the estrogen and the testosterone cream that can help if the hormonally mediated vestibulitis is your is the problem, then you can use medications such as estrogen testosterone cream to help that, and of course remove the offending agent, right? Which in that case were those birth control pills or hormonal contraception. You can also use um, something like putting Vaseline or uh, petroleum jelly and zinc oxide on the area. So this is more for people that their vulvodynia or their pain in their vulva is, you know, right at the bottom of their uh, vulva. And it, when urine hits it, it causes pain, right? Because that area is raw. And so sometimes if you are able to protect it with like a Vaseline barrier or like a zinc oxide, then when urine hits that area, it's not gonna be throbbing or painful and hopefully it'll, it'll help you. But remember, that's not really um, the complete treatment. I mean, you have to get to the root cause and treat what the root cause is of your pain. Some people will, also have to use like uh, topical antifungals, you know, if they have this yeast infection. But remember, antifungals can also irritate. Uh, sometimes if people put on steroids, sometimes that can irritate. So you really have to know what's causing the problem. I talked a little bit about, um, I talked in the beginning about antidepressants causing problems with orgasm. Um, sometimes antidepressants are used, so there's different types of antidepressants, right? We all know that. Uh, they have different mechanisms in terms of the way that they work on the brain. And sometimes some of the antidepressants that are used for this vulvodynia or for this vestibulitis uh, are those that will interrupt the pain pathway. And that's why they're used. And so uh, they will reduce the nerve pain that somebody may be having, right? And that's why those antidepressants um, sometimes are used. Some An antidepressant such as Effexor uh, can be used. They use um, serotonin, norepinephrine, reuptake inhibitors. So those are the ones that sometimes 
TCAs are so these are these are different classes of antidepressants that sometimes are used for either vestibulitis or for this vulvodynia. So that's why that's important to know. Uh, sometimes also you'd be surprised anticonvulsants are sometimes also used to deal with this pain pathway that keeps causing pain with intercourse. And so, you know, you that's why you really have to go to a provider that knows how to diagnose and treat these conditions so that you can get the proper treatment for the pain that you're experiencing. A lot of these meds have tons of side effects. So that's also something that you have to look out for. So just be aware that, you know, hopefully you don't trade one problem for another. And so that's why it's important to also always know the side effects of a medication before you start to take it. Some women that experience vulvodynia also can get a nerve block. So it's basically an injection uh, in the pelvic region, typically um, that is going to affect the pudendal nerve to help get rid of that pain. And again, it's to prevent those pain signals from traveling to the nerves, to your brain, to signal that you're having pain, right? So that's why sometimes people will have those uh, nerve blocks performed. Also, you can have, in terms of other modalities of treatment, there is sometimes, well, definitely pelvic floor therapy, right? We talked a little bit about that. So especially if you have tight pelvic floor muscles, and again, it's important to go to a provider. So you know, a lot of times you'll go to a provider, I go to my provider, I go to a gynecologist, and you know, they'll just do a quick pelvic exam. And they'll be like, Oh, yeah, everything seems fine. But if you go to like a doctor, like a sex med doc, that knows how to really do a thorough exam, like thorough pelvic exam, you'll be surprised because they may find some tenderness in your pelvis that you didn't even know was there. And so, you know, and that could be the cause of, say, if you're having issues with constipation or frequency or urgency or lower back pain issues, that could be the reason why you've been having them for so long. And it could be that, you know, you have tight pelvic floor muscles. So really important to get that checked out. And if you have it, then you see a pelvic floor therapist. Usually it can be anywhere from eight to 12 sessions where they see you work with dilators and or they tell you, you know, stretching exercises, and that can be really helpful. Definitely, definitely, you want to see a sex therapist or a counselor or somebody, because oftentimes when women are suffering for so long with these type of issues, like pain with intercourse, this vulvodynia or this vestibulitis, right, there's a lot of psychological components that go along with it. And these women may experience, you know, body image issues, they may feel that they're not enough for their partner, or they may feel really guilty or ashamed that they're having these issues. And, you know, these issues, these problems are not the woman's fault. But at the same time, there may be a lot of guilt that, uh, you know, people feel with this. And so it's so important to be seeing a therapist at the same time, or a sex therapist, or somebody that can help unpack the baggage that you carry when you have this uh, syndrome and i call it a syndrome but it, you know when you have this 
uh, pain that persists for so long that it's going to really be helpful to have somebody that you can uh, kind of offload to and talk to them about what you're feeling and what your thoughts are around this. Because remember, if this, if you've been having, you know, vulvodynia for so long with this pain, right? And you find out that it's because you have these tight pelvic floor muscles, and then all of a sudden it goes, not all of a sudden, but, you know, it goes to vaginismus. Remember, a key component of vaginismus was talking to a sex therapist, was talking to a sex coach, somebody that can help you unpack your thoughts and your feelings, right? And so that's why with a lot of these conditions that deal with sexual dysfunction, it's so important to also be seeing a therapist at the same time to help you with any type of mental thoughts and that may not be serving you. So that's why that's so important. And lastly, there's surgery that's available. So remember, we talked a little bit about vestibulitis. So there's a surgery, it's called vestibulectomy, which is not always the first line of treatment, unless it's somebody that's been born with vestibulitis, like that uh, neuropathic vestibulitis, the one that we talked about where there's a lot of nerves at this uh, at the vestibule and these women have always had it, right? So that can be the first line treatment for those women. Oftentimes for other women where, you know, they were able to have penetrative intercourse before, but all of a sudden now um, that say they were on hormonal contraception or whatever, and they start to have this, you know, the first line treatment would not be a vestibulectomy. It would be, you know, taking them off of the birth control, be giving them uh, estrogen and testosterone cream to help with that tissue, all of those things, right? But Vestibulectomy is a surgery that can be helpful for women that have this vestibulitis and whose pain does not improve with the more conservative measures. So that's when, you know, a physician may recommend uh, treatment with this type of modality. And just remember that when they do a vestibulectomy, they're going to remove uh Part, they're going to remove that vestibule, that area which is so irritated and painful so that you don't have that pain anymore. So that's why that's important to know and know that that is an option. You know, sometimes people will ask, well, you know, is there something that I can do? Well, you can definitely go to your provider and be evaluated and be treated for the root cause of the problem. But you can also do things such as take baths with Epsom salts or colloidal oatmeal, you know, something that soothes the skin and won't irritate it. You want to always make sure that you're using unscented soap when you take a shower. Even when you wash your clothes, you want to use like mild unscented laundry detergent so that there's no you know, any type of allergen that may be causing problems with your tissue um, and that may be aggravating any type of irritation that you have in that vulva. You could even use a cold compress, but I mean, honestly, if this pain has been going on for so long, you really need to go and be evaluated and then see what the problem is that you can then address. With intercourse, you know, you can use a lubricant. You probably want to use something that is not scented or flavored or anything like that because then you don't want to cause more irritation to that vulva region and you don't want to you know, just make it feel worse, right? So that's why you want to do that. You want to always make sure that you get enough sleep, you know, sometimes one more sleep deprived that can make our pain feel worse. And so if you get proper sleep, that may help. 
But really, you know, getting to the root cause of what's causing this pain with the intercourse, what's causing the pain in the vulva, what's causing the pain in that vestibule is really what's going to be the answer to your problem. It's um, we can do all of these things, right? Like using gentle soap and milder soap and this and that. And those are things that will, will help. But really what's going to help is getting to the root cause. Of course, when if you're suffering from vulvodynia or vestibulitis, you want to avoid wearing like tight pantyhose or jeans or something that's tight that's going to be rubbing on that area and causing more irritation. Um, you know, if you're wearing a, a wet swimsuit or sweaty workout clothes for too long, that could that could possibly also irritate that area. So you want to probably, you know, change out of those wet clothes so you don't continue to irritate the vulva. Um, cycling, horseback riding, or other exercise that put pressure on your vulva, may you may want to avoid that because if it's causing pain, why keep doing something that causes you pain, right? So you know what to avoid. You can look for triggers that may be causing more pain and avoid all of those. So... That is it. And, you know, I just want you to know that if you are experiencing painful intercourse, then you should really make sure that you go and be evaluated. Find yourself a sex med doc that can take the time to spend with you because these things are not just, you know, 10 minute visits. That's the thing. And that's the thing that's the problem with our healthcare system now is that most of the gynecology visits that you have are typically like 10 minutes, if you're lucky, 15 minutes with your doctor. And so it's hard when you're suffering this chronic uh, problem when you have this that to go and be able to talk to a doctor because they just don't have the time. So, you know, make sure that you find yourself a sex med doc that can take the time to listen to you and to really do a thorough evaluation so that you can find the cause of the problem that's been, you know, causing you all this distress for so long. And some women suffer for years with this type of pain and never get the proper diagnosis and keep being told that, you know, it's it's a yeast or it's, um, you know, whatever. It's, you know, it's not their birth control or it's uh, in their head and it's not really a real problem. So, you know, I would really ask you to go and advocate for yourself after listening to this podcast. Hopefully you'll know some of the causes for vulvodynia or vestibulitis and you'll be able to advocate for yourself if you've been suffering for a long time. So make sure you do go and advocate for yourself. And remember, I am also opening up an office in New York at the end, um, actually in, in the spring of 2024. So depending on whenever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you Google and look out for my office because I'd be more than happy to accept you as a patient. And you can even sign up to be on my wait list. And uh, you'll be the first to know when I open up my office. So well, I am done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you are suffering from vulvodynia or vestibulitis or pain with intercourse, remember that there's always hope and there is treatment and you just need to find the right person. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. So thank you for listening to the podcast and make sure you leave us a review, share and like the podcast 
And if you leave me a review, I'd love to shout you out on social media. So be sure that you share it with all your friends. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.